You're listening to Birthplace of Next, the podcast where city officials and partners discuss the latest news and developments in Dayton that make it a livable, sustainable, and innovative community. In this Birthplace of Next special edition, we're featuring Dayton Mayor Jeffrey Mims, who will be talking with Steve Gondel from the Department of Planning, Neighborhoods, and Development about the city's demolition of blighted and nuisance properties. Hi, I'm Dayton Mayor Jeff Mims, you know, and today uh, we're uh, talking with uh, Steve Gondel. And Steve is the Director for Planning, uh, Neighborhoods, and Development for the City of Dayton. And we're talking today about our plans for dealing with the nuisance properties that we have throughout the City of Dayton. So thanks for joining me. Uh, thanks for having me. Okay, no, I appreciate it. So how long have you been here? Uh, I'm had three year anniversary in February. Okay, okay. Yeah. Good, good. So before we get started, can you define for our listeners what are nuisance properties and what are they not? Great question. Okay. So in the Division of Housing and Inspections, we have uh, two groups. Our housing code enforcement, our conservation specialist that will address issues like tall grass, peeling paint, a broken gutter. And then we have our nuisance abatement, which is our specialist that handle properties that have a structural deficiency. And for today's conversation, we're gonna talk about the work that those nuisance abatement specialists are doing around properties with a structural deficiency that we are alerting the homeowners or the property owners that they need to correct uh, or face potential demolition if not corrected. Okay. Now, you know, we get this question a lot too about blighted properties. So uh, what's the difference between a blighted property and a nuisance property? Uh, nuisance is probably the technical term that we use. Um, blight, the blighted properties really are the same thing. Uh, okay. A blighted property is one that is bringing down the quality of life in the neighborhood, um, the overall conditions of the community, and so uh, sometimes you know it'll be mixed, interchangeably used, but uh, really blighted and nuisance are the same, except for nuisance is our technical term for our, how we view them. Okay. Yeah, but sometimes we're going to ask some of the questions that I really, really know the answers to. Okay. Because <laughs> I want the uh, folks to be clear about what uh, what some of those properties are. You know, we also have these concerns about um, uh, whether or not all of the properties that are in this category are scheduled for demolition or repair or whatever the case may be. So talk about that for a bit. Sure. So designating a property as a structural nuisance is the first step to alerting the property owner that they have two paths they can pursue. They can work to correct the structural nuisance deficiency, um, or like I mentioned, it, it will lead down to the path of demolition. Not every property on the structural nuisance list necessarily has to be demolished. It's just a starting point uh, for the conversation with the property owners that there's a critical need that needs to be fixed. Now, if we're in year one, that property is probably early on in it and there's there's room for renovation, rehabilitation. If we're in year 10 or more, uh, then it's likely that that structural deficiency has deteriorated even further to where it is unlikely that property can be salvaged and most likely will be demolished. So we are um, always mindful to tell somebody like it's it's not a, you know, determinant that you're gonna definitely be demolished, but the sooner you take action, the quicker it can come off that list and we won't have to see it down the line in one of our future demolitions. Okay. <clears throat> and for those uh, that are on the list already, you know, the constant question that we get from individuals also is like, why does this process take so long? Yeah. Um, <coughs> I asked myself, I asked our, our staff the same question. Uh, so it is actually tied with the U.S. Constitution. Um, 
We have a very arduous process before we can demolish a property. What uh, one thing that I've appreciated you've done uh, when you're out in the community is at first we don't own these. Yeah, these are not. Uh, people believe that these are properties. We don't own them. We have to show the courts that we've done our due diligence, reaching the owners, mm -hmm. uh, any connected uh, parties to that property, and show verification that either they've been uh, reached or not reached. Um, and so all of those steps actually add up to weeks and months, and worst case is sometimes years mm -hmm. to go through that. And so we have to have, you know, we call it the title search. So we have to show that um, we've, we've tried to reach uh, the owners. We then uh, need to ensure from the uh, US EPA, we have to test it to see if there is asbestos in the property. If there's asbestos in the property, we have to actually remove that before we can demolish it. Um, all of these are done by different vendors. Um, it takes money. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, when you stack all that up, we're looking at a really lengthy process. Again, not our desire, but it's us following the rule of law because at the end of the day, we might demolish a property. That owner still owns that parcel. We don't, you know, but we, the process allows us to take control, um, uh, kind of a possession to enact this demolition process. And so any, any delays, it is, it's truly us following uh, the rules, the laws yep. in this country. And uh, when I was uh, president of the school board and we had this demolition process of all the schools in, in DPS that were being rebuilt and, and torn down and going through the process of uh, tearing them down, you find underground um, challenges, uh, lead pipes, you find asbestos, of course, and all those things, like you mentioned, had um, additional set of responsibilities and requirements that had to be followed before you can actually finish the demolition. Yeah, so. and, and, and that's a really good point. We, people believe that we're just taking what they can see and filling it in. Right. By law, we need to remove everything, the foundation, the footer mm -hmm. walls, Everything has to come out. We got to work with our friends in water to cap off the water in the sewer. Um, we need to leave a, a, a natural green space at the end of the day. Nothing can be left on that site. We got to fill it in with clean fill dirt, put in grass. So everything's got to come out. It is, and people may not realize that that we're not just burying that house in the ground. Right. We're, we're we're extracting all of that. And so, yeah, true. Yeah, we had a situation with a fire on uh, Broadway. Uh, maybe about a month or so ago, and um, unfortunately, five people lost their lives. Uh, this was a private owner's home, and um, we have not been able to uh, fix or clean up all the things that have been associated with that fire. And a lot of that is, of course, because there's still investigations that are going on in terms of that process. How would you uh, explain to citizens how we prioritize? which houses are gonna to be torn down or, or remodeled or whatever the case may be. Yeah, so uh, that fire, obviously I, I drive by it, you know, myself most days uh, when going to and from my kids' school and that is a situation on Broadway where no one wants to see that, but it is an active investigation site. What you see there is considered evidence. Yep. And so we are in weekly communication with the fire department and uh, you know, we, we work with the private owners, their insurance that when the go-ahead is sent, 
getting the, the owners and their insurance to remove that pile according to the rules. When we look broadly about what comes first, um, piles are, I think, probably the biggest complaint. Um, you know, and, and if a neighborhood has a pile, it's one of a couple of things. There was a fire, and by order of the fire department, we had, a, we had to do an emergency demolition where we just knock it into the basement, and then we have to come back later, again, after maybe an investigation's done, if there was determined if there's a private homeowner's insurance. Um, other times, it is a structural problem. So it's a vacant house, there's no ownership, something has given way where it is compromising the integrity. So we'll do a structural demolition, which our chief building official can order, we'll knock that down. Um, and so piles are probably the biggest ones where we have tried to, in the day and recovery plan, prioritize those first. Uh, we Our first contracts this year were around removing those piles. So we had two vendors that we've um, identified that are, are going to tackle those properties and remove those piles. From that point, we're going to move to our traditional demolitions of properties that are upright but still in a structural deficiency and work in those uh, priority areas, which I think we'll talk a little bit about. But piles, um, we, we've heard it loud and clear from the public, uh, is what they want to get rid of, and that's what we're going to focus on. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate that. So when we're talking about tearing down and uh, demolishing some of these properties, uh, what's the average cost, if you will, of um, tearing down, demolishing a home? Uh, typically between fifteen and thirty thousand dollars. <throat> if if we have to treat it as if it has asbestos, that that amount is typically it's a higher amount. It's toward that twenty thirty thousand. If it's a bigger home, if it's a smaller rancher, that all affects it. We we are mindful of. We don't just have kind of a one cost. Our contractors will uh, give us a proposal of an estimate value based off the size of the property, whether it had a basement or if it just had a foundation slab. So, but we, I can say ballpark, it's around fifteen to thirty thousand. Okay. Because of the uh, this, uh, the uh, recovery plan, uh, we're going to be, uh, I guess, lucky uh, and blessed to be able to tear down some eleven hundred properties. Uh, talk about that process and. Um, and your plans on how to make that happen, and also to um, uh, give us a little bit of a clue about what neighborhoods we're going to be able to target in terms of making those things happen. Great. Well, we promised that we would start in 2023, and we have. We're okay. removing piles. Um, we have uh, some selected demolitions occurring uh, in the North Main Street area, um, some on the west side. I think we're, we're tracking at about um, 50 to 75 demolitions completed already. Um, what we're looking, our next phase is to move into our, our uh, Dayton Recovery Plan priority areas. Carillon, Miami Chapel, Edgemont, Wolf Creek, Five Oaks, Old North Dayton, and Twin Towers. Okay. Those, will, those will be kind of the, we call it kind of the first phase, and then we're going to move from those neighborhoods, we're going to move out. So we want to want to build on successes in those areas and go out from there to the outer edges of the city. Okay. Now that was our last question. <laughs> that was great because I think we already addressed the issue yeah. in terms of uh, the piles and in terms of dealing with that. So again, I'm going to say thank you tremendously for this information and uh, hope that you can, uh, those who are listening or watching, uh, tune in again for another edition of In the Spotlight with Mayor Mims as we just try to give you as much information as we can about what's happening in your community. And with our, our quest to make Dayton the best place for you to live, work, play, be educated, raise a family, and grow old. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it.
Thanks for listening to Birthplace of Next, a publication of the City of Dayton's Office of Communications and Public Affairs. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss the latest news about what's happening in Dayton. If you have questions or feedback for us, please email cityhall at daytonohio.gov. Thank you.